When death comes like the hungry bear in autumn, when death comes and takes all the bright coins from his purse to buy me and snaps the purse shut, when death comes like the measle pox, when death comes like an iceberg between the shoulder blades, I want to step through the door full of curiosity, wondering, what is it going to be like, that cottage of darkness? And therefore I look upon everything as a brotherhood and a sisterhood, and I look upon time as no more than an idea, and I consider eternity as another possibility. And I think of each life as a flower, as common as a field daisy, and as singular. And each name a comfortable music in the mouth, tending as all music does toward silence. And each body a lion of courage, and something precious to the earth. When it's over... I want to say, all my life I was a bride married to amazement. I was the bridegroom taking the world into my arms. When it's over, I don't want to wonder if I have made of my life something particular and real. I don't want to find myself sighing and frightened or full of argument. I don't want to end up simply having visited this world. When death comes by Mary Oliver. That was really nice. Thanks, Minerva. <laughs> Mary. Oh, she's one of my favorite poets. Now that we're finally here, mm -hmm. what do you have to say about your favorite parts about this poem? This poem really um takes me on a journey, I have mm -hmm. to say. Um, I learned about this poem first, be actually, when she died in 2019, I think it was. The New York Times wrote a bit about her, and they published, just kind of as an excerpt, honoring her, that oh. stanza, only that stanza, when it's over, I want to say, all my life I was a bride, married to amazement, a bridegroom yeah. taking the world into my arms. That sticks with me. So, there's so many images in this poem. I mean, she really... Um, in contrast to, like, Wild Geese, which has maybe a few distinct natural images, she really goes into a lot of imagery here. Um, I think the imagery here is more sublime than natural. Mm -hmm. Like She takes you on a fantasy world of yeah. her own making that's weaved through the many different images of the natural world and the human world mm -hmm. find it together. That's exactly it, yeah. That's such a good way of saying it. <laughs> oh. Um, so all of those images are really specific to me. Mm -hmm. um, she's the one who wrote famously, um, what will you do with your one wild and precious life <sighs> is her. And this seems like such an answer to that as well. Right, right. Mm -hmm. I think she was always engaging with that question of mm -hmm. life and the value of life. Mm -hmm. That is that um, what you just said. Reminds me, there's that one line. Where is she? <laughs> uh, and I think of each life as a flower. Mm -hmm. As common as a field daisy and as singular. Mm -hmm. Such a, a great description um, to say 
your life is as common as everyone, as anything, uh-huh. but also as singular. There's a great, it reminds me, there's a play also about, by Will Eno called Middletown. <laughs> it's a great play, <laughs> if anyone likes plays. It's a little wacky, okay. but there's a l- gorgeous moment um, kind of on the same tempo as this poem where someone says, it's not rare, but it's very lucky to be a person, just a regular person. And it reminds me of that, that idea of it. It's not being rare. You're not, it's very common mm-hmm. to live a life, each life, but it will be singular to you. Mm-hmm. It, you will be lucky if you're just a regular person. Um, and she oh. always speaks to that to me. Mm-hmm. She doesn't talk about kings and, you know, <laughs> the high and the low and all the... Not the, a Homeric epic. <laughs> right, right. It, she speaks to everyone. What did you, f- what, what did you make of this? Oh, I feel like it was such a journey, mm-hmm. this poem. She, it, it feels like a natural stream of thought that mm-hmm. just came to her and she just wrote it down because everything follows so smoothly. Like she has built these feelings and analyzed them and has, she has crafted mm-hmm. an artwork of her own ideas and feelings about life and its value so much to the point that now it just flows. Mm-hmm. That's what I felt as I was reading. That's beautiful. Yeah. And, uh, well, first she starts with when death comes. And then she goes on. Well, before she even goes on, I like how she repeats when death mm-hmm. comes. When death comes, like the hungry bear in mm-hmm. autumn. And then again, she's <laughs> when death comes. Um, to bury me when that mm-hmm. comes, like the measles pox. Mm-hmm. How many times did she repeat? Four, maybe, and uh-huh. then a fourth, like so an iceberg between her shoulder blades, which I love. Mm-hmm. Oof. Ooh. <laughs> so it really hones in the point mm-hmm. of death, mm-hmm. and this is what I like about her poems that she really takes you into the thing that you fear, mm-hmm. the thing mm-hmm. that um, you don't want to engage with. She, she really takes you into that, right? She <laughs> she so does that if she just says it once, when death comes, blah, 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 mm-hmm. and everybody goes, ah, when death comes. It, it might have the same effect, when death comes. Mm-hmm. So she's thinking about death. But she's mm-hmm. like, I'm not just thinking about death. Mm-hmm. I'm feeling death right. coming to me. And it's a it's a when, not an if. But right. when, when it happens. When. And she, and she says she that. Says, she says it a million times mm-hmm. with a million different Im- images. Images. Mm-hmm. Just to hone in the dread. <laughs> like this is exactly yeah. how dreadful it is over mm-hmm. and over again every mm-hmm. time I think about death right. yeah, it's that dreadful it's that. and then she goes and yet I want to step step through the door full of curiosity mm-hmm. it's like despite all of this mm-hmm. dread mm-hmm. when she goes to that new movement mm-hmm. of, okay, my response to death mm-hmm. then it feels even more a more victorious mm-hmm. response because mm-hmm. um, she had sat there and spent that time mm-hmm. with us yeah. talking right. about the... And it's such, a, it's such a contrast, all mm-hmm. these dark, scary images mm-hmm. that she says before, which I love that they seem to speak to a lot of different people's ideas of what it must feel like when death comes. Some might fear the hungry bear. Other might... Others might think about 
I love the takes all the bright coins from yeah, his purse like to buy me. It reminds me of some like Faustian, <laughs> you know, very um ooh, just just kind of very cold and all of that. Or measlepox, ickness, I meant <laughs> sickness or illness. Um or accident. Or accident. An iceberg between the shoulder blades, something cold and reminds me of the Titanic. <laughs> debilitating. Oh yeah. Uh-huh. And the um, coins part reminds me of like ancient Greek mythology. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Nope. Just that she has all of those things. She seems to be speaking to everybody, and then, then when she responds, mm-hmm. it feels so full, mm-hmm. so yeah. full of life mm-hmm. and sincere. Mm-hmm. She calls it that cottage, cottage of darkness. Of darkness. That maybe the feeling of death coming may feel like all the things that she mm. said, or the moment itself may be like one of those moments, but death itself is a cottage of darkness, which, I don't know. Vlad, what does that image do to you? Do you like it? Well, when she says cottage, immediately think about coffin mm-hmm. and the burial mm-hmm. ground um, because it's closed mm-hmm. and... Imagine being inside the grave. <laughs> it's dark. Mm-hmm. Um, cottage of darkness in that very physical mm-hmm. sense. Mm-hmm. And the other way, I do like it. <laughs> um, and the other way I think about cottage of darkness is the fact that we don't know. Mm-hmm. So much unknown. And we cannot help but think of the unknown mm-hmm. in terms of darkness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Something about cottage feels quite nice to me even <laughs> uh, <laughs> like as though feels cozy right it does it really does as though you just close the door on your little cabin mm-hmm. in the middle of a snowstorm or something and honestly the grave seems cozy to it does yeah, yeah, sure <laughs> um but that she says i want to i want to be curious mm-hmm. that and that is something that we all can control. We obviously can't control what our life is like to a degree or when we die, but we can control our relationship to mm-hmm. death. And to death. Yeah. as you said with um, Charlotte Bronte's poem, that she's trying to convince herself that this is how things will be, that it will be okay to stand on the day of trial mm-hmm. fearlessly. Right. Um, but this is much more, I don't know, much more at peace. Right. I think it sounds a lot more like a sage. Mm -hmm. Just dispelling her wisdom to herself. Mm -hmm. Uh, Did I use the word dispel? I think I should use a different word. I know what you mean. Mm -hmm. Um, um, I forgot. (laughs) (laughs) Just about the way that she's speaking as a sage or or with with a great deal of wisdom. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, unlike Unlike Bronte's poem, um, it is a very winning poem, and it's got all those rhythms mm-hmm. and um, rhymes and all of that mm-hmm. structure that makes you feel the, what do you call it, the cadence of mm-hmm. a poem. Mm-hmm. And it automatically cannot help but make you uplift your mood mm-hmm. a little mm-hmm. bit, beca- that poem. Um, so... However, it's I still end up feeling like in Charlotte Bronte's poem that she's trying to convince herself mm-hmm. that sorrow, s- death has come and mm-hmm. called away the best, one of the best mm-hmm. 
for her. And the sorrow has given her a heavy blow. She's convincing herself mm -hmm. that hope is nimble mm -hmm. and uh, swift and elastic and it will come back in spring. So just manfully bear this mm -hmm. thing. Mm -hmm. Let's just bear it. Mm -hmm. And later on, like she's in yeah. that phase, later on, I will be victorious. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and here, it's not even, not about bearing. It's just, oh, Mary Oliver's philosophy mm -hmm. of how I, sh we should probably approach death, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. or how at least she, the sage, mm -hmm. approaches her own death. Yeah. It's more like she has figured it out. Charlotte Bronte was figuring it out. Uh -huh. She'd convince herself. Mary Oliver has figured it out. Right. She's just like... This poem seems like a very... Just very much a moment of clarity. Mm. Like Yeah. Yep. Mm -hmm. And it covers a lot of ground. It's covers not so much It's ground. not just clarity about one, one no. thing. Um, I love how she goes from... I want to walk through the door mm -hmm. being this way. And then... She goes, and therefore I look upon everything. Like, how does her her um, philosophy about mm -hmm. death reflect on her philosophy about life? Right. Uh, and I consider eternity as another possibility. And she goes on, and then and then it goes on to how she thinks of people. Mm -hmm. Life is a flower. How she thinks of, mm -hmm. um, I guess. And then she again goes on music. Each name is a comfortable, a comfortable music. music. I love that. It's, it's something, if you just said each name, a music in the mouth, there's maybe some, my my response to that would be feeling like it was trying to be a little more uplifting, a little more triumphant, mm -hmm. the music of, or if we talk about the music of life, we tend to associate that with a lot of grandeur and whatnot, but comfortable, comfortable music. music. Just, shh, you don't, you don't have to pick. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't have to be highs and lows like that. It doesn't have to be victory and failure. Right. Just comfortable music. <laughs> mostly silence. <laughs> well, I like tending towards silence, mm -hmm. mostly silence. I love <laughs> because again, she has this way of still acknowledging death from mm -hmm. time to time in her discussions about mm -hmm. life. Because with that, she t acknowledges that these musics are going to be silent and going to be dead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, and and as does music, right. that little bit of, but you are part of it all, mm -hmm. that music too tends towards silence. Mm -hmm. we, we don't ever really think about that, do we? We think about music as being the opposite right. of silence. Right, but, right. But, and I love that she goes on to say, each body a lion of courage. That's a moment that feels a little more rousing. But it reminds me of um, Wild Geese when she says, you only have to let the soft animal of your body love what it loves. Right. She she seems to like that description mm -hmm. of a body as an animal, but this time it's a lion of it's courage. A lion of courage. Mm -hmm. Such a nice way of, of visualizing mm -hmm. courage. Mm -hmm. yeah. And then she goes, and when it's over, I want to say all my life, how she wants to reflect on her life. When it's over, I want to wonder and... And there's that language again, when it's over, when it's, when over. it's over. She started with when death comes, when death comes, mm -hmm. this, this, this. And then 
she talks about her philosophy and then when it's over when it's over which mm -hmm. is m even more of that pushing mm -hmm. that it will be over <laughs> but all of this and she it seems like she in these last three little stanzas mm -hmm. um she becomes more personal yeah more in less less like she's talking to you about mm -hmm. about you know things are going to be all right and more I don't want to wonder if I have made something of my life I don't want to find myself feeling this way right and she ends without a period right I don't want to end up simply having visited this world as though it's not it hasn't ended what she has to say mm -hmm. has not ended mm -hmm. and she does write in full sentences through a lot of this. Mm -hmm. She does write with punctuation and ends with periods, even the two previous sentences. But this one just and sort there, of... There are lots of, like, punctuations that are written in a way that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Not, um, as in, it doesn't seem like uh, throughout the poem she was using punctuation as, um, as a poetic device. Right. Rather, she was just using punctuation to make the sentences mm -hmm. make sense. Mm -hmm. um, because... When we start, there is a we get we get full stops mm -hmm, after mm -hmm. full sentences or after a thought ends, yeah. um, and then after each of the period, we have we have a capital letter, mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. and when there is not a period, we don't have a capital right, letter. Right. Right. Um, so all so throughout, there's a relatively mm -hmm. stable traditional use of punctuation, mm -hmm. but on the last sentence, it doesn't. Doesn't end. Uh -huh. Sentence doesn't end. Yeah. It's funny. It almost does the same. Like if it ended on a period, mm -hmm. it feel it would feel to me like it was ending on just something definite, you know? Like right. like Mary Oliver with her wisdom, like planting her Plant flag exactly. saying this is how it is. Uh -huh. But what she does so well is she, in all of her work, I think, is that she... Leaves room for uncertainty. She does. She makes it known that that's part of it. Mm -hmm. That, you know, no one has the final word on anything. And, you know, if you needed a little bit more of a reminder <laughs> <laughs> that all of this is very uncertain and that you're just going to have to trust mm -hmm. this, um, she makes just a breath of space for that at the end mm -hmm. by letting it go hmm. I feel like it could also be a statement to how there is a lot more to say to this mm -hmm. but for now she's just going to say this now. much yeah. she's um, the sage withholding mm -hmm. withholding the information right. that we don't need to know <laughs> and giving us the amount that we do need mm -hmm. and then letting us figure out or ponder on the rest mm -hmm. of it by ourselves and we will put the mm -hmm. period in yeah. or death will or maybe we will <laughs> <laughs> like ah, duh, done ah, I know I also that second to last moment um, I don't want to find myself sighing and frightened or full of argument right I like that that full of argument mm -hmm. deathbed. reminds me of the headstrong wine too yeah. <laughs> just I don't want to find myself full of argument uh -huh. and I, I can visualize that really easily those people who die feeling entitled to something more or mm -hmm. who who feel frustrated and or cheated by their lives mm -hmm. 
full of argument about the way things have been for them maybe and mm-hmm. or whatever else but I appreciate that she says mm-hmm. that I don't want to feel that way at the end mm-hmm. I like the part where she says I want to say that all my life I was a bride married to amazement and I was also the bridegroom mm-hmm. taking the world into my arms mm-hmm. so it, it's it's like she makes a perfect union within, within herself. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, you don't get that much in, in those sappy love poems. <laughs> <laughs> y- right? <laughs> uh, uh, I, I know. I won't bash love poems anymore. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but it is a, it's a, to, I think that's a lovely way to mm. talk about life. To be married to amazement. Mm-hmm. I like that word as a bride. Mm-hmm. Because um, brides have these cultural connotations. Mm-hmm. I suppose about brides have to go away to the husband's house mm-hmm. from their parents' house. Mm-hmm. Um, they had to mm-hmm. for centuries. Right. Um, in most cultures. Not all, <laughs> I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and then brides, we imagined them to be a little you know, doe-eyed, mm-hmm. innocent. Mm-hmm. Um, and that imagery matches so well with being married to amazement mm-hmm. because brides have to keep an ear open. Yeah, They're these innocent yeah. beings <laughs> who have to be like, what is happening? Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Um, so a new experience. Mm-hmm. And I was the bridegroom taking the world into my arms. Mm-hmm. And I guess... The bridegroom, I, I guess, at least in Western cultures, have mm-hmm. this connotation of they have to take the lead mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and all that. But the bridegroom takes the world. So as a bride, she's amazed. And mm-hmm. as a bridegroom, she runs into that amazement. Right. Takes it into her mm-hmm. arms. Yeah. I feel like you got, you got a lot of bride stuff out there, but no one, no one talks very... This is very westernized, too, but like... The bride walks down the aisle, everyone right. stands, you know, and the groom is just over there <laughs> who 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 comments on him right. um, or her, of course. Mm-hmm. But it's um, lovely that she completes the cycle, the gives cycle both sides herself. of the union. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I especially love the idea of being married to me. <laughs> I know. It's really right? touching. I think that was... That was all I take. I'd love to hear it. Okay. When Death Comes by Mary Oliver When death comes like the hungry bear in autumn, when death comes and takes all the bright coins from his purse to buy me and snaps the purse shut, when death comes like the when death comes like an iceberg between the shoulder blades. I want to step through the door, full of curiosity, wondering, what is it going to be like, that cottage of darkness? And therefore, I look upon everything as a brotherhood and a sisterhood, and I look upon times as no more than an idea, and I consider eternity as another possibility. And I think of 
each life as a flower, as common as a field daisy and as singular, and each name a comfortable music in the mouth, tending, as all music does, toward silence, and each body a lion of courage and something precious to the earth. When it's over, I want to say, all my life I was a bride married to amazement. I was the bridegroom taking the world into my arms. When it's over, I don't want to wonder if I have made of my life something particular and real. I don't want to find myself sighing and frightened or full of argument. I don't want to end up simply having visited this world. <laughs>